0: My friends, welcome back to the Awaken Space podcast. I am super excited about this episode. We're going to be exploring the nature of consciousness and also how we can evolve into conscious beings. Without further ado, I'm going to jump right into it, and we're going to explore the definition of consciousness as best we can, provided by um, the Cambridge Dictionary and uh, the Oxford Living Dictionary. Now, mind you, it is very challenging to define consciousness, so what I'm going to explore here is kind of more so surface material matter than anything, um, because there's still a lot of, uh, you know, kind of, consciousness is much more of a vague topic than anything else, and I think that we're doing the best we can to always better and better understand it. So the, what I'm going to be working with is just going to be giving a, um, a general idea for what it all means, and um, yeah, let's jump right into it. So the Cambridge Dictionary defines consciousness as the state of understanding and realizing something. The Oxford Living Dictionary defines consciousness as the state of being aware of and uh, responsive to one's surroundings. A person's awareness or perception of something and the fact of awareness by the mind of uh, itself in the world it has been said that consciousness is awareness in general and it's hard to generalize this because it's such a deep topic Um, we are conscious beings and I think that we are experiencing an evolution of consciousness in terms of becoming more aware of ourselves, but I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, So how does this apply to us? Well, like I said before, we're conscious beings. We have the ability to be aware of ourselves, our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. I'm sure that many of you have heard of this concept of you're the main character of your story. Well, it kind of goes back to that, you know, the idea of awareness. Um, once you become aware of yourself, that awareness expands. So how exactly do we evolve into conscious beings? Let's explore that. So I think it really has a lot to do with becoming aware. Uh, I should say becoming conscious, <laughs> kind of, you know, they're in the same ballpark. Um becoming conscious of the construct that is the self, uh, who we think we are, how we identify with that idea, the illusion of separation, disidentifying from the unconscious constructed self, um, the I, quote unquote, I, that we've been conditioned to believe that we are uh, growing up and how it doesn't really exist actually so there's a lot to explore here and this can definitely be like you know of course i'm sure that hands are being raised and questions are uh, being awaited um but what's really going on here i don't even know if that's a real word by the way awaited i think it might be anyway (laughs) what's going on here is so i started learning about consciousness about probably five years ago, maybe like five or six years ago. And what's interesting is that when you look at when you look at society, when you look at humanity, you know, it's it's kind of as if we're just like in a cycle of doing, right? Doing many different things, right? Um, you know, running an economy. Um, uh just so many different activities you know we we wake up we partake in different things and you know we uh we do work uh we do creative things we eat um you know we watch stuff we go to sleep we we continue to do this over and over and over again what's fascinating about consciousness is that we are consciousness um you know we are these beings you know you when you look at the this idea of human beings you know, you have this idea of flesh, right? We are, we are skin, bone, organs inside, and everything. But we're also, we're also that being aspect of it. What's that being aspect of it? That's energy, and that is what consciousness is. We are conscious beings. Well, <laughs> it's kind of like hand in hand; goes hand in hand. We are, um, we are the energy aspect of it as well. And um, you know, science says that everything in this universe is energy. And uh, energy cannot be destroyed, and so therefore, you know, <laughs> looks like we're eternal. Love it. Anyway, <laughs> um, that's an entirely different subject matter. But when you think about it, like, think about the things that we partake in as humans. You know, we partake in so many different things. I, you know, an example of the thing of something that I believe that we're not meant to be partaking in. Um, is something like war, for instance. I don't believe that humans are meant to experience war. I think that war is a result of this whole idea of uh, separation, like I was talking about, right? Um, the the illusion of separation. You know, we've been through the media and through you know different types of you know propaganda and everything. We've been led to believe that we have an enemy and that we need to be afraid of that enemy. And that we need to do everything we can to fear that enemy. And within that fear comes, um, you know, judgment, unnecessary judgment. Um, you know, we've we we we've been told that we have an enemy, we but we haven't been told who that enemy is or why that person's our enemy. And I think that it's this kind of stuff that kind of breeds unnecessariness in terms of our ability to connect. Because if you were told that someone is an enemy or something is an enemy but you're not told why it is, and you just go on to believe it, and, you know, you just kind of surrender to that idea, that's, that's actually really corrupt if you think about it, because you're basically birthing this idea in your mind that, you know, someone is, you know, maybe like not okay, or uh, they're going to hurt you, or something like that, when it's really not the case, and, I'm not saying, you know, the world is perfect or anything. You know, of course it has its uh, its issues and everything. But when you think about it, a lot of these issues, if not all of these issues, stem from this idea that we have something to fear in someone else, right? It's this idea that, you know, we are not one and that this person is going to take this from you and that you need to be on guard all the time. And what's super fascinating about it is that when you think about it, we've all grown up with this conditioned construct, this idea of self, right? Uh, for me, I, um, growing up, I'd identified as Chris Banish and, um, you know, all the, the, uh, the likes, dislikes, wants, needs, desires, and everything that came along with that idea. Um, I, I identified with all that stuff. And what's interesting too, is that Jim Carrey, I'm sure that many of the listeners here have watched films and uh, heard of Jim Carrey. And Jim Carrey is also someone who has a lot to say on this subject. And it's important to understand where he's coming from here. But he actually partook in a movie, he was the main character of it. Um, a movie called, I believe it was Man on the Moon and it was, it was with an, a, uh, a comedian back in the day. Uh, Andy Kaufman was his name, and he was a very different type of comedian. You know, He would like to always like, take things to the next level just to like, see how far he could push the envelope and of course watch it bend. And he pissed a lot of people off. And what's interesting is that Jim Carrey is a, I love that I'm bringing Jim Carrey into this because it's so relevant. Jim Carrey is a method actor. And so that basically means that whenever it comes to playing the role of a character in a film for him, he completely embodies every aspect of that person and character. And so for the set of Man on the Moon, um, he actually, he he went so deep into character of playing that person that he lost who he was. He lost himself as Jim Carrey. And so op- ultimately, he ended up thinking to himself, "Well, if it's so easy to lose Jim Carrey, then who the hell is Jim Carrey anyway, right?" And the same can be said about us. But what's interesting is that we actually like, aside from the person that we think ourselves to be, you know, whether you're um, Julie Smith, whether you're, uh, you know, um, <laughs> I don't know any other name. Like you know, there there are there are billions of names out there, um, but with this name. This identity that you think you are comes a whole bunch of, you know, likes, dislikes, wants, needs, desires, um, all these different things. And you associate that with who you are. But what's interesting is that what we know about consciousness so far is that consciousness in evolution itself actually teaches us that we are none of that. Because we are consciousness. Consciousness is awareness. So what we actually are is awareness, which means that we are the awareness behind all of that. And so we kind of, we have this ability, because of conditioning and programming and memory, we have this ability to unconsciously create a self-construct that we think is who we are. And so therefore, when that's created, it actually, so this is kind of why, um... The, uh, the illusion of separation was, I don't want to call it inevitable, but it happened because we identify as you know, single units, as individuals in everything, uh, even though collectively we are all one mind. And um, you know everything that we do, everything that we think, everything that we feel, everything that we you know, partake in, it affects each other on such a profound scale, on such a profound level. But what's interesting is that when you take this idea of self away, this unconsciously created construct, what's left is awareness. What's left is pure awareness. And you kind of, you know, there there could be the almost inevitability of self-annihilation. It's funny that I say that now because it makes sense. But literally, when you think about it, self-annihilation, it's kind of the experiencer, which is you and I, becoming aware of this self, of this construct, this construct that was created from, you know, upbringing, um, unconscious conditioning, you know, uh, you were born, this is your name, these are your beliefs, we're going to feed you everything that you are going to be knowing, and that's going to be that, and this is the way that a lot of people end up living, actually, which is super fascinating, but when you become aware of that, you know, like (laughs) more and more, I'm hearing people talking about how they just want freedom from their mind. Right. And I don't want to say that it's as easy as realizing that you're not your mind, but it's also as easy as realizing that you're not your mind. And how do you go about doing this? You go about doing this by becoming aware of the noise of the mind, becoming aware of the emotions that you're feeling and the behaviors you're uh, partaking in. And, um, you know, a good way to do this for me personally, I have a tendency to reflect on my past. I think it's important, especially for evolution, personal evolution, of course, uh, personal and spiritual evolution. And what's interesting is that if you become aware of your life and you look at things and you're like, "Hmm, well, why did I do that? Why was I doing that? What led me to feel that?" You know. And the more and more and more you practice becoming aware of these things, the more you actually sit yourself in the chair of the awareness and not so much the possessing entity. So, see, it's important to become the awareness because, you know, what consciousness is trying to teach us, I believe, is that we are that awareness. We, we, we are the, the sense of the observer being able to Realize our thoughts, under you know, understand our thoughts, understand our emotions, and our behaviors, and basically be able to see them from afar rather than being them. Right? A lot of people are very identified with the noise of their mind. They're very identified with their feelings. Right? You hear people say, um, "Oh, I wish I could just escape my mind and everything." You know, like this and that. Well, and the the truth is that they can, it's just that they're way too identified with the noise of their mind because they've been taught for so long that they are their mind rather than being the awareness behind their mind. The same thing goes for emotions, right? You ever hear someone say, oh my God, I'm so angry right now. I'm so angry right now. They're so totally identified with the emotion of anger that they're not the, they're, they, they're mistaking themselves as the possessing entity of the emotions rather than the awareness behind the emotions and see what's the problem with this is that if you mistake yourself as the possessing entity of the emotion you consider yourself to be one with them so therefore if you're one with them then it's it's nearly impossible for you to consider yourself to be the awareness behind them you know and then like if you're one with them then you might end up acting out in a way that's really not beneficial but um yeah, when you can practice being the awareness behind them, that's when everything changes. That's and that's the important part. Being the awareness, literally think when you think about um consciousness, associate that with awareness. Associate that with this ability to observe from afar. Observe uh activity, whether it's thought activity, whether it's emotional activity or whether it's, you know, behavioral activity. Um you know, sometimes people need to realize that the things that they're partaking in are not good for them. And what I believe that you need to do for that is to literally practice yourself as seeing whatever it is that's going on from afar rather than clinging on to it as who you are, you know? um, Years ago, I was having conversations with people about consciousness and everything, um, about like, you know, like awareness and everything. And I could see that there was a bit of struggle in understanding that, you know, we are not our names. We're not our thoughts. We're not our emotions. We're not our behaviors and everything. We're the awareness behind it. And if you're not really on board with this, with this idea, it can definitely be, you know, kind of, kind of scary. Um, like, as as Jim Carrey said in the, the same interview that he was talking about all of this, he said, you know, like, that annihilation of self, you know, um, most people would suspect it to be totally fucking threatening, but it's not. It's actually very freeing. You know, people want freedom. They want liberation from their mind. They want liberation from what they think they are. And... It's becoming aware of what it is that they think they are that will bring them that freedom. But of course, it's going to take a repetition of practicing that awareness behind it rather than being the possessing entity. Um, and you know, this goes back to seeing the world as one, um, letting go of the idea of enemies, letting go of labels, you know, uh, countries, borders and all that stuff. Isn't that fascinating? The only reason that countries and borders exist to us is because we've created them. So they're man-made. They're literally just labels that we've created and that we've kind of, I guess you could say, unconsciously agreed to them being what they are, right? And what's fascinating about this too is that I'm not at all patriotic. Zero. You, you will not find a single bit of patriotism within me. Why? Because I don't see borders I don't see countries I don't see those labels I see the world as one and I don't see you know I like I, I hear people all the time all the time saying America first or uh, you know this country or that country first and I see let's do what we can to make this world a better place it's not one of us that's meant to win we're all meant to do this together you know and that's really what it comes down to and it's so important to be there it's so important to be able to see that. Um, But, uh, yeah, letting, letting go of the idea that it's me against you or us against them, you know, uh, we've definitely, (laughs) the media has been very successful in exploiting this idea that, you know, not only do we have enemies or anything, but it's you against me or us against them. And, um, you know, it's just, it's this, it's this idea of separation, this illusion of separation that's just not real, you know, um, we thrive together. We're, we're not meant to be blowing each other up. We're not meant to be killing each other, you know, in our, in our beautiful natural state, we are, we are love and we're meant to share that love and connect through that. And, uh, yeah, I totally understand this could sound like extremely esoteric and like, you know, like, um, hippie-like and everything, but like, this is really like, i I can guarantee you that people are waking up, and when I say waking up, I don't mean, like, out of sleep, but at the same time, I do. Like, people people have been asleep for a very long time, you know? Like, war is not a, a normal thing or a natural thing, you know? We're we're not meant to be taught that we have enemies and then get all fearful and everything and then, you know, uh, enlist and then go kill people. Like, it just, it, it doesn't work that way. And, you know, like... <laughs> I'm sure you could have a bunch of people that are like, no, you don't understand, these people are terrible. And it's like, well, isn't it all bad to be thinking that people are terrible without even knowing people? You know, like, like for- forget about tendencies. Consider this idea. If you were told that these people are the enemy and they're going to, you know, wreak havoc on their people or you... And then, you know, like, it's like you start to think these people are bad. It all is fear-based. All that stuff is 100% fear-based. When you're told to, you know, that that someone is an enemy, fear grows inside of you. And then this idea of separation, this idea that you are not them, you know, it it starts to um, create this foundation of... You know, distrust and everything, and hatred, and, and, uh, you know, you, be, you become scared by it, and then you act out on that. And that's one of our absolute worst traits, uh, let me try that one more time. One of our absolute worst traits, um, in terms of being unconscious, you know, being in this program of autopilot, being asleep, this lack of awareness that is not helping anybody. We need to return to, um, you know the, uh, this this awareness that I'm talking about this this conscious awareness. Um, it really comes down to understanding that we are the awareness behind our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, and not the possessing entity. The further, I mean, the uh, the, the sooner we get on board with that, the sooner everything changes. Um, and it really is as if we are in a dreamlike state. You know, we're we're, we're dreaming that you know there's there's uh, there's something wrong with someone else and that we need to terminate that, we need to get rid of that, you know, Um, and it's just, it's not a healthy way to look at things. It really isn't, especially when we're all energetically connected, you know, interconnected with everything, everyone and everything. That's the way that it works. So, you know, in short and brief, in general, consciousness can be described as this state of awareness that we are all capable of experiencing like like deep awareness like actual like understanding of like like who and what we are beyond these constructed eyes that we've been conditioned by growing up and evolving into uh, conscious beings would honestly look like you know continuing to become aware of that constructed eye and realizing that it's really just an idea it's just a construct as Jim Carrey said you know Um, and, uh, you know, also continuing to be the awareness behind our thoughts, um, feelings and behaviors. It's important because if we continue to be, uh, you know, see ourselves, be and see ourselves as the possessing entity behind it, we'll never be able to, you know, uh, see ourselves as the awareness behind it and actually see it from afar and, understand what it is that we need to do consciously with those things. Um, you know, it, it's it's fascinating. We are either being used by our minds or we are using our minds. We're either being used by our emotions or we, or we are using our emotions. We're either being used by our behaviors or we're using our behaviors. And it's fascinating too, because I was actually just talking to someone recently about this. This is really how it works. Like when you think about it, like, Like, there's a bunch of noise in the mind, right? And a lot of people are usually identified with that. But they're usually being used by the thoughts, right? And they're just being exhausted by it. Oh, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, this and that, uh," you know, until it kind of throws you into, you know, a state of absolute exhaustion and you just want to, you know, you don't want to do anything. You're crippled by it. So it's really stepping outside of that and becoming aware of all of that activity and... Being the awareness behind it, right, and it's incredible too. Like a lot of people are very much so used by their emotions, right? You know, maybe um, maybe anger arises, right, and they're not aware of themselves as the awareness behind the anger, and rather they are the possessing entity of it, which is really just an, just an illusion. It's it's an illusion to see yourself as the possessing entity because you're really the awareness right? So it's kind of like being the possessing entity is falling or kind of like stooping to a lower level of conscious awareness, because the potential is the awareness behind it, the observer, and the lower aspect of that is the possessing entity, because it's just, it's, it's not the real aspect of it. Um, but like, you can actually use manif- uh, sorry, <laughs> you can use emotions- to manifest. And you know, this is visualization meditation, for instance. Um it basically consists of visualizing something and feeling something with that visualization. And then basically manifesting it because we're energetic um beings. You know, we have this ability we're we're literally magnets. We have this ability to attract anything that we want to. We just have to align ourselves with the necessary energy and that energy is, you know, um those those thoughts and feelings and then we basically attract it. And it's just it's it's fascinating. Um this is definitely an era where we're becoming aware of ourselves. We're becoming aware of the construct that is I, that is you, that is me. And you know, we're basically going beyond that. We're seeing that, you know, we never really were any of that. And instead of being used by that, we can actually use these different things, you know, like, like th- thought, is great, you know, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that we don't think, I'm just suggesting that you become aware of the fact that your mind is using you unconsciously to incessantly think about a bunch of things that are unnecessary rather than being in the present moment, you know, um, like I said before, you know, you could use thought constructively to, you know, work through something. You could use emotions constructively to manifest something, you know, you can use your behavior, you know, uh, whatever it is, partaking in a certain action to do something good, you know, but it's all about being aware of it. The awareness behind it has to be there in order for it to be a conscious evolution. That's how this works. My friends, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And, uh, Yeah, if there's anything at all that you want me to talk about in any of these episodes, please let me know. I'd be happy to take care of that. Much love, light, and peace. Over and out. Namaste.